G'day folks, welcome to episode 97 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray. So this week we're going to look at some vulnerabilities in Moin Moin, Raptor, OpenLDAP, Kerberos and a few others. And in community news, we're going to look at an upcoming AppArmor webinar that will be happening early next week. Uh, the migration of the Ubuntu CVE tracker and public information to Ubuntu.com and as well as a blog post about some reverse engineering of malware uh, that was found by the canonical sustaining engineering team as well. All right, so let's just get into it. So this week, there were 45 unique CVEs that were addressed across the supported Ubuntu releases. Uh, as I say, first up, we're going to look at Moin Moin. This is actually the wiki system that still powers uh, wiki.ubuntu.com. So one that's uh, kind of, I guess, near and dear to our hearts at Ubuntu. In this case, uh, there was a couple issues, but the most important one was uh, a remote code execution attack that could be triggered uh, by anyone that could upload attachments to the wiki. And in this case, what would happen is that Moin would uh, cache the uh, wiki attachment that you'd uploaded, which in this case would be code. Uh, then a subsequent crafted request could be used to exploit a vulnerability in the uh, cache handling code. You could get directory traversal. It would then essentially you know, execute your code that you had stored as an attachment. And obviously you've got uh, remote code execution as a result on the wiki. So that was patched for Moin Moin in Ubuntu releases 16.04 and 18.04, our long-term support. Then we had an update for Raptor. Uh, this is uh, one CV that actually uh, dates back all the way to 2017. And this was raised uh, by the reporter Hanno Boak uh, back in 2017 to the OSS security mailing list. Uh, in this, he detailed the vulnerability, uh, but there was no follow-up to it and there wasn't much uh, interest then, unfortunately, and no CVE got assigned. And so, unfortunately, as a result, it was never fixed uh, in any of the popular distros. Uh, it was fixed. Uh, this, this library is used by uh, LibreOffice, so it was actually fixed by the LibreOffice team in their kind of copy of it there, but it wasn't fixed uh, uh, sort of downstream in the distros. And uh, Hanno recently uh, raised this again on the open source security mailing list. Uh, and so obviously it got attention, a CVE got assigned and now it's being patched. And this did trigger a bunch of discussion on the OSS security mailing list, which I guess uh, if you're not familiar with it, which is where uh, um, the majority of kind of public discussions around open source security and vulnerabilities uh, happens. Uh, there's not obviously just details of vulnerabilities and patches and things there, but there's also things like kind of workflows and that, which is uh, more of what this discussion was about. And I guess there were some people lamenting uh, that, you know, nothing happens unless there's a CVE assigned. But from the distro's point of view, uh, CVEs really do actually act kind of like work items. You know, if there is no CVE, then essentially uh, some of these vulnerabilities can be a bit invisible uh, to distros. And so the best way if you discover a vulnerability uh, and you want to make sure it gets patched is to make sure a CVE does get assigned. And there are a number of ways you can do that. Uh, you can go directly to MITRE. Uh, they have cveform.mitre.org that you can go to uh, and you know, submit the details there and they can assign one. Or if it's, say, something that's uh, specific to things like Ubuntu or, um, or other platforms, you can go directly to those uh, if they are a CVE numbering authority, a CNA, and they can assign the CVE directly. Uh, yeah, so uh, if you want to read up more of that, I've got links in the show notes uh, to those discussions on the OSS security mailing list. Uh, so yeah, an interesting discussion there. Uh, we had an update after that for OpenLDAP. Uh, this is for our extended security maintenance releases, so 12.04 and 14.04 extended security maintenance. 
Uh, I did mention this in last week's episode 96. Uh, in this case, it was a null pointer dereference uh, that could be triggered by a remote unauthenticated uh, attacker in the slapd daemon. Uh, it's interesting to note actually that upstream do dispute that this is a real CVE, uh, they say, or a real vulnerability, should I say. They say that in their, uh, they believe that only unintended information disclosures is a real security issue. Uh, and they don't think this one should actually have a CVE assigned, but uh, it does. So there you go. Uh, it is interesting to, for me to think though, you know, what if there was say remote code execution, would they consider that uh, a vulnerability? I hope they would. Uh, but yeah, uh, after that, we had an update for Intel microcode. I mentioned this briefly in last week's episode, but this unfortunately was an, a regression update that was done after an update we did last week. So uh, back last week, I was talking about uh, updates for Intel Microcode around uh, the Platypus attack. Uh, in this case, uh, this is for all of our uh, releases, 1604, 1804, 2004, 2010, and uh, 1404 ESM. Uh, in, as I say, this was a regression because uh, some Tiger Lake platforms would fail to boot with the new Microcode. Uh, so very quickly, uh, once we saw that that was reported, we took the decision to remove that single microcode from the update. So the Tiger Lake platforms would be using uh, the previous one or the ones that they'd shipped within their BIOS. Uh, and then it's interesting to note that Intel have now reverted this themselves. Uh, just a couple of days ago, they did another release where they had removed that from the official release upstream as well. Uh, so yeah, probably some more uh, microcode updates to come down the track because we are still seeing uh, the odd report of machines failing to boot, unfortunately, uh, with some of the recent updates. So yeah, some more investigation needs to be done there. Uh, okay, but I digress. Uh, after that, we had an update for AppPort, uh, five CVEs. This relates to uh, all the way back to 1604 uh, long-term support release, 1804, 2004, and 2010. So there was a previous update to AppPort uh, that uh, unfortunately wasn't done correctly. Uh, AppPort is the privileged daemon that handles crash reports. And uh, so when you're, you know, when a, an application crashes, it hooks into the kernel to obtain a crash dump. It then prepares this crash report file. And to do that, it wants to then include a bunch of other pieces of information as well. And it has, say, um, maybe you've got your own preferences for it that you want as well for it to respect. So it is running as root. So then when it reads your preferences file, we obviously want it to drop permissions so that you, know, you can't uh, nefariously uh, take control of it or something like that. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't do that correctly. And so this update was making sure that was done more correctly. Uh, in general, we should note um, that that file doesn't exist uh, unless you go and manually create it. So it's probably not a problem. But uh, in this process, we also made sure that uh, the other parts of that port where privileges are dropped, it happens in uh, the correct order as well and uh, some other hardening parts as well. So app port should hopefully be a little more uh, stable. Uh, there was an update for the libmaxmind uh, DB uh, that was for the more recent releases. So 2004 long-term support and 2010. Uh, this was a heat-based buffer overread. So just likely to be able to cause a denial of service there. Uh, there was an update for slurp. Uh, this had two different uh, heat-based buffer overflows. One due to improper use of the return value from SN printf. So SNPrintf is a libc function for uh, printing uh, formatted uh, output to a string. Uh, so it then returns normally how many uh, conversions it's done. So if you're saying I want to print uh, this integer as an integer in the, in the string, it will uh, return say one for that. And it wasn't then counting those correctly. So you could get a heat-based buffer overflow afterwards. And the other one then was due to mishandling of point arithmetic. Uh, so both of these, you could obviously trigger a crash quite easily, uh, but possibly remote code execution. We had an update for Postgres, uh, three CVEs for 1604 long-term support, 1804, 2004, and 2010. 
Uh, one of these was a possible remote code execution. The other was uh, an arbitrary SQL execution, uh, but you did need to be an authenticated user for that. And the other one was uh, the ability to trigger denial of service by making it drop connections. We had an update for open LDAP, uh, two CVEs. Uh, both of these were denial of service bugs and both of them were uh, by being able to trigger assertion failures. Uh, so you, you know, by providing crafted input, it would then assert that you know, something wasn't the case when it actually was and uh, open LDAP would crash as a result. Uh, again, I'm assuming uh, upstream uh, don't think these are real security issues, but uh, denial of service uh, definitely is. Uh, just getting to the end, so we had an update for Kerberos. This was a denial of service through unbounded recursion when it was parsing uh, ASN1 encoded messages. And so uh, BER or the basic encoding rules allow you to specify an indefinite length for an item. So then you need to kind of keep parsing ahead to find out how long it really is. And so if you make your uh, structure really nested, uh, it would then recurs each time uh, down the stack. Uh, to keep parsing it and eventually it runs out of stack space as it keeps recursing back into the same function again and again. And so you could overrun the stack uh, and trigger an abort. So another denial of service vulnerability there. Uh, there was an update for libvnc server and Vino, the um, GNOME-based uh, VNC uh, support for sharing your desktop. Uh, this had a divide by zero, so you could trigger a denial of service and a crash through that. And finally, there was an update for Firefox. So 15 CVEs were fixed in this latest upstream release, which is 83.0. And this uh, was released for 18.04, long-term support, 20.04, long-term support, and 2010, the Groovy Gorilla. And that is it for this week in security updates. Okay, so a couple of things I want to talk about in Ubuntu security community news. So uh, just this week, we have launched uh, the migration of the Ubuntu CVE uh, tracker public information to uh, ubuntu.com slash security. So previously, this lived uh, on the people.canonical.com server. And this is, uh, I guess, a bit of a workhorse, this machine. Uh, it's used for all kinds of stuff uh, by different teams at Canonical and individuals for hosting um, you know, things they might need to be able to publicly share and that kind of thing. And it's quite, it was quite easy for us to put it there, but it was something that the security team only uh, were running. And so the design of it was quite uh, engineering friendly, should I say, rather than maybe uh, kind of public friendly. And so... Uh, a bit of a long time in the making, but we've been working with the design team at Canonical uh, to design and prototype display of CVEs in this more human-friendly format. Uh, because you know, if you are wanting to parse them uh, in a machine-readable way, we have other ways of doing that. Obviously, we publish our overall information and other things, so that's a much better source for that. Uh, so you know, if you want to find out a CVE now, yeah, you go to ubuntu.com/security/cve-2020, you know, you know, whatever it is. And you'll be able to see it there. Uh, this still includes all the information we used to show. So, you know, a nice description of the CVE, the priority that we've assigned to it, uh, the status of it for each release, you know, whether it's uh, been fixed yet or it's still being triaged, that kind of thing. Uh, but it uh, presents this in a much more, uh, as I say, human readable friendly format and looks much nicer. So we just want to say thanks heaps to the design team for that. Uh, it was great working with you guys. And we've obviously got a much better um, presentation of that information as a result. I also wanted to remind everyone that uh, coming up in a couple of days on the 24th of November at uh, 4 p.m. UTC, uh, there will be the uh, Securing Linux Machines with App Armor webinar by uh, Mike Salvatore from the Ubuntu security team. 
So Mike also wrote uh, the introduction to AppArmor white paper that you can uh, find, and I've got a link to that in the show notes. Uh, but this presentation will be uh, kind of covering why a defense in-depth strategy uh, is needed uh, in general in security, and so therefore you know, how AppArmor fits into that, an explanation of obviously what AppArmor is, its key features, and you know, why the principle of least privilege is important and how you can help achieve that with AppArmor. But then also detail a bit more about how AppArmor is used in Ubuntu, um, particularly by things like Snaps and LexD and the like. Uh, and so uh, I, I've had a sneak peek of this. Uh, it also includes a good overview of, say, of how and why to apply AppArmor and a demo of how to generate a profile for an application that you want to confine using the AI GenProf utility. So if you've ever wanted to know more about AppArmor or you're interested in trying to uh, confine some of the services that you're running uh, yourself on Ubuntu or other uh, distros like Debian or SUSE that support uh, AppArmor, uh, definitely check this out when it uh, goes live or afterwards as well. And again, I've got a link to that in the show notes. Okay, so the last thing I wanted to talk about in security news was a blog post that I came across by one of our other team members here at Canonical. Uh, this is by Matthew Ruffle. He works on the sustaining engineering team. And actually, Matthew has kind of been involved in Linux and particularly kind of secure Linux for quite a while. He used to maintain his own Linux distro called Dapper Linux. And this was where he took the the last public release of the GR security kind of secure or kernel hardening patch that should I say and he would manually uh, forward port that each time a new kernel release was done and integrate that into his own distro Dapper Linux and uh, this was no uh, no mean feat he actually did a talk about this at uh, the Linux Conf Australia or LCA uh, 2019 about uh, how you know how we did this work how we came across it uh, what it was like and his talk maintaining the unmaintainable picking up the baton of a secure kernel patch set I've got a link to that in the show notes as well uh, but uh, talking about what uh, this blog post uh, so in this case um, you know Matthew had a task to investigate uh, some strange behavior that was seen on a particular system so so he talks about how he kind of root caused that down to some particular suspicious processes, how he investigated those, uh, how he then tried to reverse engineer and successfully reverse engineered how they worked, uh, discovered you know what they were doing, was able to say, yes, this is malware, actually was able to tie it back to some more common malware as well. Uh, and yeah, really tears it down uh, through some really great reverse engineering as well and the different tools that he used there. So if you've ever, uh, I guess, had an interest in or wanted to know more about uh, incident response and reverse engineering and that kind of thing, uh, this is a great blog post to go and read. So thanks, Matthew, for uh, doing that. All right, and so that takes us to the end of this week's episode. So if there's anything uh, you've heard about in this episode you want to get in contact with the team, you can reach us at securityubuntu.com. You can come and chat to us in the Ubuntu Hardened channel on chat.freenode.net. There is uh, discourse.ubuntu.com where community discussions also happen in the Ubuntu community. And there is a security section there if you would like to create a topic. Uh, And finally, if you want to get us on Twitter, we are at Ubuntu underscore sec there. Okay, so thanks everyone for listening again for another week. It's been great doing this all again for you. Uh, So remember, until next time, keep calm because we've got you back and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.